Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome, one and all, to the SB Nation NFL Show. A reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is the SB Nation NFL Show. We're shocker. We love to talk about the NFL. We have a lot of action from Sunday in Week 13. Did not have three Thursday games like the week before, so a little bit more to get to. So many storylines, so many takeaways, so many things, um, frankly, for us to dive into. You can listen to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe, Apple devices, Spotify, wherever you get them. Leave a rating, write a review. We appreciate all of you who are tagging us in your Spotify wrapped, by the way. Uh, that means a lot to us. You can watch us on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel, Twitter page, Facebook page. There are a lot of places to access us. I keep saying us, the fantastic, the GOAT, Rachelle Prevet on the ones and twos as always. My name, RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's blog. And the boys, home of the 9-3 and three Dallas Cowboys and home of the 9-3 and three Kansas City Chiefs is ArrowheadPride.com. The manager, editor-in-chief, head honcho extraordinaire, Pete Tweeney, joining me is always here. Pedro, welcome on a, on a sad Monday because the Cincinnati Bengals own the Kansas City Chiefs, it would seem. Yeah, it's, it's certainly sad in Kansas City. I, I don't think it's that sad in Cincinnati. As a matter of fact, it's almost you would you would think they won the Super Bowl yesterday, I feel like, with some of the tweets uh, and the Petty Pete is here. The, no, is I, here. I was just I, I for a second when I was mm-hmm. looking at some of the headlines in Cincinnati, I just thought the Super well, Bowl. Well, they was beat over. the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl last year. They're kind of used to no, that's yeah. the emotion that they're accustomed to, no. you know, following uh, a, a win over the Kansas City Chiefs. hundred percent. And one of those quarterbacks has a ring, which I know our next guest knows a mm-hmm. lot about, right? That's a good transition for us. Oh, wow. Uh, Pete Tweeney taking shots. I don't think he has ever joined <laughs> us on Monday, Football Monday, but he is one third. Uh, I don't know how the math goes on the gauntlet here on the SB Nation NFL show, but from Niners Nation, the fantastic, the wonderful, the beautiful, the effervescent Kyle Posey, KP. Uh, welcome to the show. KP show is the show, really. Um, right. Kyle, uh, what do you think about Pete You know, going below the belt right before you even got here? <laughs> How bitter is this guy, man? I look, Jeez, look. taking shots at the Bengals, taking strays. I'm catching strays. I just, I feel like there's a lot of energy out there, like the Bengals have actually won something. And they just haven't yet. And I, I think they can. I think they're a good enough team. They proved that yesterday. But let's let's wait a few mm-hmm. mon- months here, right? Let's wait two months. The Bengals so have never won, won a Super Bowl. For a long, long time, right? Like it, <laughs> you understand why they're so excited right now. So I get it. I, I respect the energy. I like it. I, I no, it. I, no, and I understand the excitement. And, and it, it is exciting, you know, you, when you start to, to beat good teams. But we all know that what, what matters here, right? Look, and and look, RJ Kyle, knows that. RJ, you probably know that more, more than anyone dating back Kyle, to the 90s. Your, your team, Kyle, unlike the Chiefs, has beaten the Bengals in a game of extreme <laughs> significance. All right? They have literally beaten them oh, for is, a title oh, in a week NFL team, history. That week has not is extreme, si- extremely significant now. I didn't. I, no, I didn't no, no, no. We're talking that. about the AFC Championship. We're talking about the 80s. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. I see. You know, so anyway, Kyle, um, the San Francisco 49ers came away with an impressive win, a seriously impressive win, kind of a, a Kyle Shanahan special, right? Like everything falls apart, but Kyle finds a way to destroy an amazing team. 33 to 17, the final score. Niners keep pace. Um, obviously in the NFC West, eight and four now, kind of a shaky loss for the Dolphins. But the story, Jimmy Garoppolo, done for the season, broken foot. Um, is this sky is falling or this is this, Hey, this is what Kyle Shanahan does. Like bring in Brock Purdy. He'll, he'll find a way bring in Baker Mayfield, who was waived right before we started this show. Like what, what's the situation here? Oh, please. No Baker. We have worked <laughs> way too hard to get back to have, to deal with Baker Mayfield yet. Yeah, it's kind of crushing, man. Just because 
this team, it feels like they're always going through injuries, right? There's always something that there's some some sort of roadblock in the way from an easy path to the Super Bowl. And now uh, losing your starting quarterback, actually your backup quarterback, because they already lost their starting quarterback. And then now they've lost both their quarterbacks to foot ankle injuries for the season. But you have to think that if there is a team that can overcome this as a team with Christian McCaffrey, with Brandon Ayuk, with Debo Sam, with George Kittle, with Kyle Shannon calling plays, with one of, if not the best defense, and you guys might have an argument for that, blogging the boys in the NFL. But they are so stacked, and we kind of saw it yesterday. I know the Dolphins are the Dolphins. are not like this prominent defense, but Brock Purdy doesn't have to do a whole lot. So, again, if there is a supporting cast out there for a QB3 to come in, it would be the 49ers. I have back-to-back questions, and they're, they're kind of quick, so if you don't mind, RJ. First one is, am I understanding this right, you would – rather have Purdy over Mayfield and it's not even close. Like you don't want Mayfield even in the mix as you're dealing with Mr. Irrelevant here. Not sure what the debate is. Purdy is better in almost every sense outside of experience. Like what does Baker do? Well, I don't know what that answer is. (laughs) And I I could see yesterday it seemed like Purdy. And I know this is like just a cliche, but he just seemed like a gamer, right? That's what you wanted the position. Baker's slower. Baker probably has just as bad of an arm. And I, I, I just don't know how he would elevate the team. How much bad vibes too? Like, yes. like Purdy is like, like kind of the dude everyone's rallying around versus Baker's kind of wanting to come in and be the show. And this, this is the fo- Nick Bosa legitimately hates Baker. Yes, this is this is, and this is the follow up to to that to that to that energy. Is, is some of that confidence that you have in the 49ers as a whole just have having to do with how the Niners were able to get to that Super Bowl with Jimmy G not throwing the football all that much? Weren't there only eight pass attempts in that NFC title game, something ridiculous like that, just because of the surrounding defense and the surrounding team. Yeah. Kyle Shannon essentially took the air out of the ball, took the ball out of Jimmy's hands because he didn't yeah. trust him. There are ways for them to score points as we saw, excuse me, as we saw yesterday without Brock having to do a lot. And I know he threw the ball 37 times, but again, these are like screens to their best players who usually do the heavy lifting and we're doing the heavy lifting anyway. So yeah, we have, history of the 49ers being successful without the quarterback carrying them so why wouldn't Brock and I know you know seventh rounder as opposed to the guy who's 30 years old and played a lot but it it seems like an easier transition than people are leading on I, I'm I'm with you Kyle like I understand the logic behind you know this that's why like I'm I refuse to be like they're dead like the Niners are not dead until the season is officially over for them believe me I I, I learned that lesson very painfully last year um, but that being the case it does kind of feel like like Jimmy is no disrespect to Trey Lance, but Jimmy is the the more beloved quarterback on that team, right? So th- this does feel like a unlike the Trey Lance injury where it was like, okay, well here's Jimmy to save everyone. Like this feels like a huge deflation. This, this feels like they're like this is the the season's over vibes. Like and that like again, I I know that this team can rally and this team has a great coach and a great surrounding cast, but it do you feel like like there has now been a clear ceiling placed on this team and what they can accomplish this year? Oh, 100%. Yesterday in the locker room, like guys were like, you would have thought they lost, right? They, they lost their quarterback. And all that all that was kind of going around, I guess the mood, it was just somber. It was, it didn't feel like a win. And I think that the realization started to hit after the game, like, damn, like we don't have a quarterback. And, and Nick Bosa talked about it. Like, we're going to have to play even better than what we've doing, what we have been playing. And uh, fullback Kyle Yusha kind of echoed the same sentiments where they know that, you know, instead of being here uh, sky high, probably you know nfc favorites to come out of the nfc now it's you know if 
essentially their margin for error just is cut in half. And, and that makes it a lot tougher when you're running into the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bucks, and whoever else may threaten in the NFC. I'm not talking about Jimmy G just in general, but some of his bad games, I, I just outside looking in, right? I don't follow them as close as you do. Is this that much of a drop off from quarterback to quarterback? Now, I'm not saying it, it, you know, it is, you're not going to want to be going with someone like a Purdy, but just especially when you talk about Jimmy G's bad games and all the energy that was well his ceiling is so low this is why we like trey lance how significant really truly is the drop off it ooh, so you're asking you're talking to a guy who is not the biggest jimmy yeah. supporter so i don't i, I mean know, I think watching a lot of 49ers fans would, would agree with you in that, in that sense that's why i'm curious like i'm curious so after the game kyle shannon said he was talking about purdy and he said he looks to go deep before short and that felt like a jab at Jimmy because Jimmy never throws the ball down the field. And we saw that open up things pretty often. So they're able to throw these short passes. They're able to do a lot more through the air. So I think Shanahan letting him throw as many times as he did kind of signals that there's a quiet confidence in Brock Purdy. So, I mean, there's no doubt, again, their margin for error isn't going to be the same. But I, I really don't think it's like this huge drop off that, that at least will be made out by the media this week. Um, this is my last one, Kyle. I do think that a narrative has been set for Nick Bosa. So uh, Matt Judon didn't have a sack on Thursday night. I wrote about that at Blog and the Boys and how that set Micah Parsons up to take the lead um, this week. Micah did not have a single one on Sunday night as the Cowboys destroyed the Colts. But Nick Bosa went off. Uh, you know, just an incredible performance by, by Nick Bosa. Three sacks. Uh, now the leader, it, it, obviously, across the entire NFL. I do feel like with the, with the Jimmy thing, and I, I'm not saying that like defensive player of the year is some sort of consolation. But it does feel like the narrative is there for him to be the hero, him to be the guy that like propels the team forward, that that sets him up to to win this award. Whereas just comparing him to Micah, you know, through through my lens here, Micah's on a team full of dudes who are producing, and like there's there's a lot of attention on all of the Cowboys. Now it has to be Nick Bosa to save this team. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, you, those three sacks were huge, and I think with Bosa especially, every time he gets a sack, it feels like it comes at the biggest time. Like he doesn't have the sack fumble that Parsons had against Kirk Cousins the other week. But again, he's racking up sacks. And I feel like now, especially if they continue to get leads, uh, he'll be able to get that even more. But he is, he's become more of a vocal leader this year as well. And I think that might play a part. But if they continue to get on these national TV games as, as the season goes on, and people see Nick Bosa for whatever reason, he's flying under the radar as the NFL sack leader, which is weird to say because of Parsons, obviously, and uh, the splash plays that some of the other guys like Judon have been able to make. But still, a, another month or so to go, and I think Bosa is gonna. I think Bosa is gonna come out ahead. You can see Kyle Posey all over Niners Nation, and you can hear him here on Wednesdays on the SB Nation NFL show. Um, Kyle, you are the most perfect human being to ever live. Um, I just want you to know that. Do you have a Netflix recommendation for us as you leave? Oh no, I don't. I haven't been watching wow. much TV at all. It's weird. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, maybe, maybe we think about that most perfect thing. Um, you know, <laughs> so uh, Kyle, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck with Brock Purdy. Um, you know, good times coming ahead. Who knows? Anyway, uh, KP, thank no you bacon. so much. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, Pete, hopefully you are not as petty over the rest of the show, but I do think you will be because you are clearly, um, upset. So we might as well dive right in. Uh, do you have this spelunking gear on? <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Joe Burrow. Yeah. refused to lose on Sunday afternoon as he heroically destroyed the Kansas City Chiefs in the mighty jungle. This was not the safe confine of G-E-H-A field. This was whatever the Bengals call their stadium. I don't know the official name. I can't believe they had that stupid B at midfield. It should be a tiger stretching from 20 to 20, the tail <laughs> to the front paw. Nevertheless, 
Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase back at his side pulled off one of the biggest, most impressive wins that we have seen so far this season because the Chiefs still look like the best team in the NFL. This win was big for the Buffalo Bills, who had the weekend off. Mm. Uh, the Dolphins lost, obviously, to, to Kyle's Niners, and the Bengals beat the Chiefs, which put the Bills back in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the AFC. Massive, massive, massive implications in the conference, Pete. Yeah, this was a a, a huge win for, for Cincinnati, and I, I think there is something to, to be said because we're always talking about comparing quarterbacks and quarterback battles and just the fact that Patrick Mahomes has one guy that he cannot find a way to beat, and it's what Joe Burrow can do. Now, this wasn't all about Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he played necessarily the best game, and, and I think that had to do with some of the pressure that the Bengals were able to get on him, especially from the tackle positions. I think the Chiefs have a little bit to worry about when it comes to their tackles. The, de the defense started really slow. There have been times with Kansas City where the defense has been, I think, largely good this year, but they've had these slow starts. And when you have a slow start against the Bengals team was especially hungry and you go down 14-3, it's going to put you at a disadvantage for the rest of the game. And I think you saw that here. There was a, a, an opportunity for the Chiefs at the goal line where they, they weren't able to convert. They missed a 55-yard field goal. Travis Kelsey had a, a fumble. It wasn't a clean game for Kansas City. And now you had these two games on your schedule between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals against Kansas City. They lost them both. And it's because they're not playing their cleanest games when they're playing these elite contenders. The Chiefs can make mistakes against teams that, they, that are lesser than them and can find a way to still win. And I think you saw that throughout the year. You're learning the hard way that if you you don't come to the table against a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, who are especially hungry and is trying to knock you off the mountaintop, not to say that winning three games in the fashion that they have in a row is not in a way trumping them. It certainly is. And I think you got to admit that if you're Kansas City, what I'd say is it's one game. And if you really dig into this, you know, you talk about how it benefited the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have three division games left in what has been one of the best divisions in football. Their other two games are against the Chicago Bears, uh, and the last one is against the Cincinnati Bengals. And so, I don't know. I think I think if Monday you're Night football, I think in the if, jungle. I think if you're the Chiefs, where the only team that really you feel like can have a chance to beat you is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. Not to not to take anything away from my Hawks. You're just in a way better position. The, Chief, the Chiefs have what they should be a touchdown favor in each of their games, whereas you can make a case for a gauntlet that the Bengals and the and the Bills have left, and the, the Bengals are still fighting for a division crown. And so it is one game. I, I still think the Chiefs will have an opportunity to rebound from this and and get the AFC by. I, I, I'm not taking anything away from the Bills. I just think their schedule is so tough. There's one loss in there. So if the Chiefs can just rebound properly, you get past this. Now, you're going to see the Bengals again or the Bills, one of these two teams. You might see both. And so you have to, I, I think, shore up those little mistakes in these big time games, which now over the past year, calendar year or so, they have not been able to do that. So, so I agree with you. I still think if I had to bet, I'd bet on Kansas City to be the one seed. But I feel like that's just a battle here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I think the Bengals do kind of own them. That's like, it's, it's hard to objectively disagree with that right now. The same way, like, um, cool. The bills beat the chiefs at Arrowhead, you know, in the regular season this year and last year's game was an Arrowhead too, right? The regular season win, um, mm -hmm. early in the year. Yep. Right. So, okay, cool. That, that happened. But like, like what is the like the, the Chiefs do have big wins. They have the bigger wins against the Bills that matter, right? What do the what do they have over the Bengals? Like what what do they what do they have over them? And it's not just like Joe Burrow, it's Jamar Chase, it's not even Joe Mixon, it's Samaj P. Ryan, it's Zach Taylor. How is Andy Reid losing to Zach Taylor 
over and over and over again. I just find that to be the strangest thing. I, I think well, we're past the point where, like, just my, my last thought quickly, it was a bit of a collapse in the AFC title game, and I don't think Kansas City caught enough flack for that, sorry to say, and I, I don't mean to just go off here, but it was a bit of a collapse. But this was – so, like, I kind of thought – I picked the Chiefs. I thought last year was just a one-off thing. They're going to be so pissed off. They want to send a message. They want to flex their muscles and dominate. No, they couldn't. They were stymied offensively. There And, you know, there's going to be water cooler talk in, in Kansas City about what the problem was last night, but I, I think there were three parts of it. It was a lack of pressure on Joe Burrow. Teams sack Joe Burrow. The Chiefs, who have been better at that this year, way better, still are not able to. And there's a significant problem there, what the Bengals are doing to defend Joe Burrow. Why are they so successful against the Chiefs and nobody else? That, to me, is a, a huge issue that they have to figure out. The fumble is is key. You're not going to necessarily put a ton of blame on your pro football Hall of Fame tight end who's vying to be one of the best tight ends in history, but it was a crucial mistake in a game where you can't have a turnover like that because the truth is, if Travis Kelsey doesn't fumble the ball, the Chiefs win. I mean, that that's that's reality. And then the decision where you're at fourth and seven, you're kicking a 55-yarder against a kicker you've already admitted is not 100% this year, and and you're taking the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. This is the moment that Patrick Mahomes wanted to be on the field for. And so talk about Zach Taylor versus Andy Reid. I, I think that people have a right to say this was a mistake, too. So wasn't a clean game. There are a lot of mistakes, a lot of issues that the Chiefs have to figure out. The bright side of this is their road is just so much easier the rest of the way than the other contenders. On the Bengals side of this, quickly, um, it's your estimation that the Bills will have a slip up, e even if they lose to the Bengals, maybe a second one, right? That they still have to play the Dolphins. Yes. Um, still, still have to play, you know, the, like Justin Fields is such like a wild card. Like that's my thought with the Eagles too. Like you never know when Justin Fields is going to have like a Justin Fields sort of game. Um, Kansas City, I agree with you. They're going to be huge favorites, but uh, they've, they've got to play Denver twice. The first one this week got flexed out of Sunday Night Football since we last spoke. Um, that Raiders game at the end of the season in Vegas is a little cute. Like maybe, you know, maybe the Raiders, maybe the Raiders are looking to play spoiler, right? And is it impossible? I mean, because if, if you look at the Bengals remaining schedule after this game, they've got the Browns on Sunday with Deshaun Watson back. We'll talk about them. They're in uh, Tampa after that. They're at New England. Yes, they have that Bills game, but that is in Cincinnati. And then the Ravens in week 18. And I, I think we both trust them more than Baltimore right now. It's not impossible that the Chiefs lose a game. And if they do, the Bengals have the tiebreaker over them. I mean, like it's it's not impossible for them to be the one seed in the AFC. It's not impossible. They're in. And it's unbelievable that we, we are saying this when we're talking about the way we were going to the season. They're in the worst division, maybe in football. And I understand they have three division games left. Anything can happen in division games. You got to keep that in mind. But I just think you're talking about the Chiefs are in the worst. The Chiefs, division in football. yes. Right. And that's why, like, I think you're, you know, you, you never know. And I think you're right. I, if there's one game that I'm actually looking at that would concern me the most, if you are the Chiefs, it's having to beat the Raiders and the Raiders maybe going on some kind of run where they could sneak into the playoffs that final game and that in essentially becoming a playoff game uh, more annoying would be because of all these things that we're talking about that game being at night which is my biggest fear uh but uh believe me i got it i'm, I'm with you um, but anyway so i i'm you know i i would tell you that it, it's not not a given but if i'm betting and this is real and i'm you know my bias aside i cover this team I'm still picking the Chiefs to win the AFC by today. Sure. You know? now, I, all I'm saying is that's that's the implications, or these are the implications sure. of that loss. Is is it has opened up a timeline of opportunities yeah. and possibilities. So, uh, big win for the Bengals. Congratulations. Eight and four after starting off the season. Zero oh and two. Seriously impressive job uh, happening there. Um, let's go. Um, let's go to Minnesota, Pete. The Vikings held on against Mike White. 
Uh, 27 to 22, the final score. They get to 10 and 2 on the season. The Vikings do, but the Eagles won. We'll get there. Um, so still not uh, the number one seed in the NFC. Kirk Cousins, kind of a ho-hum day. Uh, Mike White threw the ball 57 times for 369 yards. No touchdowns, although he should have had one that Braxton Berrios should have locked up at the very end that would have given the Jets the lead. They played well enough to win. They showed up with the Mike White shirts and everything like that. Um, it just wasn't enough. And this Jets team, I think, is a playoff team. Like, like I think I think of them that way. Um, but this was, this was rough. Uh, they are the seventh seed at the moment in the AFC. The Jets to me are a more like I, I don't want to always start with the losing team because I I think the Vikings gutted this out and and they have done such a nice job this year and I don't think they get enough credit for their body of work but the Jets to me are are interesting because I I think we didn't see them as anything this year and they have gone through the trials and tribulations of having to seemingly bench their number two overall pick for. Mike White, who suddenly has made them intriguing, he's one of these guys that is going to let the defense lead the way. And when there was an opportunity, and, and they were down multiple scores in the end of the second quarter and and the second half of this game, just kept them in it, kept grinding, kept grinding, made it really interesting. And it's created an interesting scenario in in New York where I don't know what direction you go this year, especially if you do sneak into the playoffs, especially if you do get an upset win in you know the AFC playoffs. How do you go back to Zach Wilson? What happens in that scenario? And and I, I do think that they're a playoff team, and the New York teams are always compared to each other. I tend to trust the Jets right now more than the Giants. I, the Giants feel more fraudulent than, oh, than the dude, Jets I don't do. know how you're like kind of iffy about that. That's a slam dunk thing for me. And, and a lot has to do with that. I know that people will be like, well, yeah, because of the Jets defense. It's not really even the Jets defense, who to me is on an elite level when it comes to just defenses in the NFL. The Jets are among the best. I think it's Mike White versus Daniel Jones. Like, I would rather have Mike White doing this thing than than Daniel Jones. And and for me, that's where the Jets are spicy. And the Minnesota Vikings, they they got out to this early lead. They did almost blow it. But then, right, Kirk Cousins did just enough. One of those old school Kirk Cousins days where you're not thrilled with him, but he did enough to, to get the victory. And you blink, like, what, right, right, the Vikings are not that exciting, blah, blah, blah. They're 10-2, and two, right? They're a eagle slip up from all of a sudden flipping this thing uh, on its head. And so that, to me, is the interesting part on, on the Vikings side. I thought the Vikings takeaway was that Dalvin Cook was kind of back. 20 carries, 86 yards. Um, did have a touchdown early on. Alexander Madison got in the end zone as well. Um, I'm a big Kirk supporter, obviously. Um, I take a lot of heat for that around here. Um, and while I think he did enough, um, so at the end of this game, I don't know how much you saw because it was you know close to Chiefs kickoff. Yeah. I'm sure you were very busy. Um, but so Mike White hits Braxton Berrios for what should have been the go-ahead touchdown. Berrios drops it on fourth and goal, just like a critical error. Yeah. And the Vikings, granted, backed up near their own goal line um, go three and out. I mean, like that is that is a really critical thing, Kirk. Like you you can't like I'm and you know you didn't need a touchdown or anything, but like go ice the game, right? You know, and I know I know you're backed up. I know you want to be a little bit conservative, and so that's why I think Kirk deserves some heat. I think Kevin O'Connell deserves some heat. You have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, you know TJ Hawkinson, Alvin Cook, Alexander Madison. You have all these weapons. Don't be afraid. Open it up. You know what I mean? Like that was you know they played to lose or played to, to played to yeah they played not to lose rather, uh, and they gave the Jets another chance yeah. that obviously they couldn't capitalize on, but. Um, I don't I don't think the Vikings are frauds the way a lot of people do, uh, but I do think that they're going to slip up a couple of times. Um, I'm starting to buy that more and more next week at Detroit. Um, they barely beat the Lions in Minnesota a few or not a few weeks ago, a few months ago at this point in time. 
um, Indianapolis, whatever. The Giants at Green Bay at Chicago. I mean, they could lose three games. I mean, like it's not impossible. At this and point. especially with with you know, you talk about the Lions next next week, especially with Dan Campbell and what he's saying to these guys in the locker room. He is just a a blue collar coach that puts his nose to the grindstone. I know you love it, and and I love it as well. Um, we'll see what happens with the Dolphins, but I do think that <laughs> Kevin O'Connell is the like, um, the like hiding in plain sight coach of the year that nobody like it's too boring. Nobody wants to give it to him. Yeah, uh, they're ten and two, and and granted they've had some issues, but they're ten and two. They deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, so all right, you ready to move on? Sure. All right, we had a tie, twenty to twenty, the final score after four quarters and change. In the city so nice, they named it twice. Uh, the New York Giants and Washington Commanders drew. Um, and uh, we'll meet again in two weeks uh, after the Commanders are on by and the Giants host the Eagles. Um, this was the second tie of the season. And it was the first Giants tie since like forever ago that was also against the Commanders. Um, so this was kind of a gross, weird, sort of fun game at the end. Like it was... I don't know. I, don't, I really don't have a strong takeaway uh, as far as the NFC East is concerned. I think what this tie does is eliminates the possibility of four NFC East teams making the playoffs. I think one of these teams is now going to be out because of that tie not being being there, and you're not going to see all four. So the, com- the commanders are on the outside looking in right now uh, because the Seahawks won as well. Um, right. You're looking at seven and right, five or now- seven, five and one. Right. Well, we'll see what happens with the Seahawks this week. Like, you know what I mean? Once once the commanders are through their bye, but you're right. Like, they will probably be a game behind the Seahawks or a yeah. half game, and that's going to be what dooms them. Well, the the, the division play. I mean, this is a literal, but the division plays each other. And so that's where you're, this, the tie is going to come into play. Like, even if the Seahawks do have another loss or two, I just think that tie is going to kill four teams getting in. It's probably still going to be three of four if you really look at how the standings are, are working now. But yeah, this is this was a disappointing loss for what was the the Giants because they had this this game at hand, winning twenty to to thirteen uh, late in the game. You just got to get really one more stop, and they were not able to get it done. And, and then in overtime, just these two teams exchanging possessions, and it, it just nobody could could get it done. Tie is, is better than the win. Uh, I'm sorry, tie is better than the loss. I'm never going to subscribe to the idea that you should be going for the win and, and put the other team on the 40 yard line. I don't, I don't like that whole theory. I know that's not a winner's man. I don't care. Um, it does put them in better position than having a loss. But yeah, I think disappointing on both sides. And you kind of saw that in the postgame pressers. I think Brian Dable was the most disappointing thing for me. Um, like, I think the commanders are kind of playing a little bit above expectation now, um, obviously with Heineke and everything. But you know, the, the Giants had a fourth and short in overtime yeah. and they punted yeah. and, and they wound up getting the ball back. I mean, so you could argue it kind of worked out, but like that is so lame to me. Like that is that is literally playing for the tie to your point. That's like saying, well, the tie works better for us in the standings. Like, here's the thing, Giants. All right. Like <laughs> you're not winning the Super Bowl this year, right? Like we, we could, let's all we can all say it. we're all adults. We're, we can all acknowledge you're not one of the Super Bowl this year. This year is about uh, like building the future. And we saw that early, way back yeah. in week one when they went for it on fourth down against the Titans. Like be that guy, be aggressive. Be that dude. That's who we want to see. And and to punt literally like that was just kind of a, a weak move. Um, it, it took some of the air of fun out of what has been this Brian Dable experience. Do you know, Pete, how many teams in the NFL this year have not won a game within their division? I don't. There are three. The New York Giants are one of them because hmm. this was a, a tie. Right. So they are 0-2-1 now. Do you, Can you name the other two teams who have not won a divisional game? Without cheating... Um, I would say the Rams, I would guess. And incorrect. No. And the 
Broncos, I feel like. That is correct. They are one of the other two. They are 0-3 against the mighty AFC West. The other one, the Chicago Bears, 0-4. Oh, um, but that, so that's surprising that's to me. Like, I would have thought the Bears would have snuck one in there. But so, like, you know, okay, like, what is, you know, that that sort of, like, adds to the, like, you're a bit of a paper tiger thing to me, you know, with the Giants. Like, you you, you know, this division is really good, and you don't have a single win against them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of lame, you know, kind of not cool. Well, what do the Giants have the rest of the way? Are they going to completely fall out of this thing, you think? Um, Yeah. Uh, I have it here. So, Wait, it's the Eagles so, and then Washington again. We talked about how yep. silly that is. With Washington coming off their bye, then at Minnesota, yeah. they do get the soft Colts, but then they finish in Philly to end the year. And we don't know what that Philly game is going to be uh, for the Eagles, as far as like, you know, if the Cowboy, if they've lost before, then if if they'll have the you know right. things locked up, like there's a lot in the air to kind of be determined there. Um, but um, well, but yeah, well, Nate Sudfeld action maybe you know, you don't know, but um, well. Boring move. Boring, boring, boring for the New York Giants. Um, but sad. But Just a sad thing. We don't have to get buried here. But a tie is better than a loss. Nah, dude. This is like okay. this is super lame. Right. Um, let's one let's team, get through some. One team is is in in the the postseason and one isn't. You know what I mean? And if they had gone for it and lost, they'd be at the other team. So that's all. I mean, I suppose if if you if this was week eighteen, right? And it's like if we tie, we're in. If we lose, we're not. Then that's fine. But like. Again, you're supposed to be you're supposed to be more aggressive than that. Like that's the dude who you you sold us that you were, and now you're kind of walking that back a little bit. So that's, what does Brandon? I mean, what does Brandon Staley think about that whole scenario? Oh, we will get to Brandon Staley, but let's get through <laughs> some 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 blowouts, kind of just you know tidy things up a bit. Sure. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles had what I thought was their most impressive performance of the season: yeah. a 35 to 10 thrashing of the Tennessee Titans. I really thought Tennessee would hang with them, kind of bully them a little bit, and and maybe still you know the Eagles would win, but it would be kind of a hard fought you know tooth and nose or whatever that expression is sort of thing. No, no, no. AJ Brown, Rachel, I saw all your tweets, got all of the revenge on the Tennessee Titans. Eight catches, 119 yards, two touchdowns, literally ran over several Titans defenders. Devontae Smith also had a C note, uh, five catches for 102 yards and a score. Jalen Hurts, uh, another just remarkable performance 29 of 39 380 yards three touchdowns uh through the air uh only had 12 yards on the ground did have the score but hardly the performance that we saw last week in, in the rushing department for Jalen Hurts meanwhile this was kind of a you know what do we do now kind of game for the Titans they're the best team in the AFC South but they got destroyed by one of the very best teams in the NFL well I think in the grand scheme of things as I'm I'm looking at this, I, I think this game it was about AJ Brown, right? And it was about how the Titans, and we've talked about this on the show before. The Titans have a usually have a pretty good defensive plan, and regardless of the offensive firepower on the other side, they can usually do a pretty good job with at least curbing the opposing team and winning ugly, which right. is what the Titans have been grown, you know, been able to do now. That's why they're seven and five. AJ Brown, and obviously he's the come up of the week. He was in a way thrown away by the Titans. You could tell he was ticked off about it after the game where he was just saying they, you know, they didn't want me. They weren't willing to work with me on a, on a contract that I deserved. I wanted to be there and they, they sent me away. And I, I hate that. I always relate everything back to like Kansas city in a sense, but this is a NFL storyline of certain teams chose to send their receiver. They're all world receiver elsewhere. This happened in green Bay. With the Las Vegas Raiders, this is happening in Kansas City with Tyree Kill going to Miami and and then paying him there. This happened in Tennessee where they said, "Who's who's the who's the one receiver trade that like the team was right on?" Like, <laughs> and that's what I was about to say, and that's something that I can make in Kansas City. Like, I really think like, I think Kansas City's been good 
without Hill and fine. Right. They're missing him in these big games where it's right. just an X factor. Like you were looking on the other side yesterday and you're like, even if the, the Chiefs had a Higgins, not even a chase, not to say that that Higgins is not a number one, but they had Higgins and you put him on the other. It's a, it's a completely different game. And so I'm, I'm looking at these teams that decided to trade the receiver and in different ways, I think they're getting hurt, right? The Packers have really missed Devontae Adams. They're having these receivers right. and, the, and it's going to be too little too late when these rookies become veterans in, in a sense. And this was the grand example of it. AJ Brown from the Titans to the Eagles has made the Titans not completely irrelevant, but questionable for the playoffs. And it's made the Eagles a Super Bowl contender. And no one is even blinking at that anymore. And I, I just think if I'm picking which side was right about this idea so far it's the teams that have traded for the receivers and it and to me it's not even close and and that's tough to swallow as a as a chiefs fan or as a titans fan or as a packers fan you know it, it was so easy um to understand this idea because the cowboys botched the mario cooper thing so badly like well this was stupid but like these other things were stupid um it's just the compensation made it feel a lot less stupid um obviously in different ways um is aj brown here come up of the week or is rachelle jumping the gun here no i said on that the youtube side i said that yeah uh, the come up. Um, of, I wasn't listening. Come down of the week. I, the, the, the come up. The come up of the week is insignificant. Are those ear balls? Yeah, I'm. I'm just waiting to see who wins the green jacket of the week. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, <laughs> seriously, um, it, again, like I really think this was the best performance that the Eagles have had because it it felt they were kind of they just kind of been teetering a little bit. Like I know they had their way with the Packers, but the two weeks before that were really rough. So to come in, especially against a team that was supposed to, I think we all thought like, okay, the Titans will will kind of go the distance with them. Like they the Titans might lose, but they will give them a game. It wasn't. It, it was. It was a, a mismatch in every sense of the word. Um, I'm very interested to watch the Titans in the offseason. Like, who is their quarterback in the future? Like, it's like Ryan, they're so limited, obviously, by a lack of AJ Brown. But obviously, you know, Ryan Tannehill. I um, I like watching Willis in Kansas City. I like Willis, and I think he can work. But they need to build their offense around him, similar to right. what Chicago needs to do and Baltimore has done. It's just next different. week. Um, Next week, the Titans will host the Jacksonville Jaguars, who got lambasted by the Detroit Lions. The, I saw Jeremy Reisman's tweet saying, oh, the Lions are going to have scored the most points on the week with 40. Uh-uh-uh. We'll get there, Jeremy. But 40-14, to 14, the final score here. It looked like Trevor Lawrence had a very scary um, knee, leg, ankle injury uh, near the end of the first half. Thankfully, he came back. And seemingly all is well. Uh, this was not the back and forth offensive showdown that everybody thought it was going to be. The Lions did hold up their end of the bargain, though. 31 of 41. Uh, Jared Goff was for 340 yards and two scores. Jamison Williams was back and was active. Uh, Pete Twinney only had one target, didn't have a catch, didn't have an impact, uh, unfortunately. But DeAndre Swift went off. Jamal Williams mm -hmm. went off. The Lions are turning out to be that cute team that we all kind of believed in. Incredibly disappointing game for Jacksonville because I, I think Trevor Lawrence had been playing well headed into this game, and he got out-dueled by Jared Goff. This is a game, especially at the beginning, I was able to watch. They, they were putting this on red zone a lot yesterday because there was just so much scoring, and it was because Jared Goff was pretty efficient. 31 of 41 for 340 and two touchdowns, and the Lions on the low have a lot of weapons i mean they I, I it is it's you know if you really look at it you can really rival with some of the best skill position rooms i would say across the league especially now that deandre swift is starting to feel like he's healthy again now you're now you got that elite running back back in the mix to pair with jamal williams amon st brown is a star we were sort of still unsure about that heading into this year so as long as he can stay healthy he's another one dj shark welcome back shoot 
you know, had, had it not been for A.J. Brown and what he was able to do, this would have been uh, another come up with the week with the five receptions for, for 98 yards. And I, I just think you can get the ball at Jared Goff's hands quickly. I think the defense is good enough. It's just they have seven losses now. So you're looking at a scenario where they have to basically rip off a, a running of the table situation. I just don't think that's in the cards. I think it's very fair to be excited about the Lions for 2023. Obviously, the Rams pick is going to be very high in the draft. And so, like, they, they will be uh, – people kind of try – maybe maybe the hype was a year too early, like the level of hype. You know what I'm saying? Like, they will definitely be a, a contender or in the mix next yes. season. Um, I don't know that, that Jacksonville is quite there in terms of their rebuild. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, there is clearly something there. We talked about that last week with J.P., um, but it just wasn't here. Christian Kirk continues to kind of quietly be productive. Six catches, yeah. 104 yards. Evan Ingram, also low-key, sneakily productive here for the Jaguars um, in this little resurgence. Travis Etienne had a fumble that was costly, um, but they're just – they're not there. Like, the Lions are, are further along in this process than the Jaguars are, and that was really obvious on Sunday. Eight snaps from Jamison Williams, too, and so you never know what he might turn into as the year goes on. He was their first-round pick that finally, finally had his uh, debut that you need to mention – yeah, man, I, you just you wish the Lions just weren't in such a hole. I, seven losses is a, is a is a tough hole, um, but we'll see. I mean, you've seen weirder things in the NFL where a team can go on these tears. They got the Vikings, who have seen vulnerable. The Jets, the Panthers, who that should be a win. Bears, you never know about the Justin Fields thing and Packers, but you get by the Vikings and Jets, and you you stun those two teams. And then you have the Panthers, Bears, and Packers. I think it suddenly gets very interesting for the Lions. The Lions, for what it's worth, are only two spots out of the final wild card spot in the NFC. Um, the Seahawks obviously hold one of those. They still have to, um, the Seahawks do, play the 49ers, play the Chiefs, play the Jets, um, play the Rams again, and they played them a little bit close um, on Sunday. So it is not impossible, to your point. Uh, let's head to Houston, where the Texans um, scored an offensive touchdown late in the game. It was the, you know, really just a really weird game um, in a lot of ways uh, for this I mean, it was just it was it was strange. I, I've not really seen a game like this um, in a lot of senses. It was Deshaun Watson's debut. Um, I don't think we really you know care to evaluate much of this. But uh, 27 to 14, the final score, like I said, Cleveland had um, a punt return for a touchdown. They had a fumble return that was very strange. Um, they had a second um, defensive touchdown. It was a, a lot. If you had the Cleveland defense going in fantasy, you benefited. Uh, in a huge way, but 27 to 14, the final score is the Browns win Deshaun Watson's first game. Yeah, I'm just glad we're through this at uh, the Browns. They're giving me the ick now, and I think we all expected yeah. to have it. And it's worse than I thought. I, I don't I don't know even what else to really say. I think everyone was rooting for Houston and the Browns won nothing to do with Deshaun Watson, who looked terrible. And so I mean, we'll see what happens as the weeks go on here. Houston is in a really bad spot. They're definitely the worst team in the NFL. Uh, Cleveland, they're another team with seven losses now that has to win out. If the defense plays like that every week, they can beat anybody. Uh, but but the defense, this what the Browns team is about right now is defense buying Deshaun Watson time to get the rust off. And after the game, he said, I felt every one of those 700 days, which when you think about why you're out for 700 days, is, again, giving you the ick more and more. And I, I don't know. That's all you can really I, look, say about I, this team. I, this has nothing to do with Deshaun. I hate that though. Like I hate when people be like, "This is the first time this has happened in like 365 or whatever." Like the off season is like 230 days. Like, <laughs> like you can't. You know what I mean? Like you can't. Like point, that's a stupid I, way to I put. I think that. his point was, I, right. I was out of gameplay for two years, which would cause rust. But 
is this a sign of things to come or is this something that he has to just shake off? That's the story of this team right now, right? Right. Um, the Houston Texans, by the way, were the first team to be mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. They, they are 110. And they one. have a juicy tie on their record as well. Um, they are, by the way, um, you know, obviously we all do opening odds across all SB Nation sites. Do you know the line for Dallas Houston next week? I don't know if I even want to know. I would. Can, I don't know. Can I take a guess here? I would say that it's 20 and a half. It would be my guess. No, not quite that large. It is 16 and a half. Um, and uh, it opened early on at 14 and a half uh, before Sunday's games. And at the time, that was almost double the second largest line of the week, which was Kansas City, Denver. Uh, but when I checked and, and it had grown to six and a half, I was like, oh, now we're over double. But the Kansas City line over the Broncos grew as well um, to what, thank, nine and a half, right? That grew, yeah. Um, thank, so. thank goodness that Houston was able to get that early win against Jacksonville. This would be a prime candidate for the O season. For real, uh, it would be really awkward, by the way, if they were 0-16-1. You know what I mean? Like if they had that tie, but, you know, just so thankfully we don't have to live in that reality. Uh, I mentioned the Broncos. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Pete. I tweeted this out right before. I quote tweeted Mike Clay of ESPN. The Dallas Cowboys over their last three games have 15 offensive touchdowns. Okay, just their last three games. The Denver Broncos across their entire season have 14 offensive touchdowns. Um, they did not get any on Sunday afternoon against Baltimore. Uh, they still almost won 10 to nine, the final score. Lamar Jackson left with injury, um, which opened the door for Taylor Huntley to come in. Um, it, uh, uh, ugly, I'm, ugly, I'm, ugly game for Baltimore, but I'm never going to kill a team for winning when they lose their quarterback so early, right? In the game. I agree with you, but like we've seen two really bad performance, three in a row. And granted, they've won two of those games, but the Ravens are really suspect right now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really panicked about the Ravens in, in the overall. I know that. And Mark Andrews was able to have four receptions for 53 yards, but he has not seemed right since he had that little in since, since Kyle Barber. I, yeah, it was the, it's the Kyle I Barber. Taylor Huntley about I think I said Taylor. Huntley. I was, Taylor, I was Taylor, gonna, Taylor and Tyler, whatever Huntley Heineke. It's all over. The I place. was going to blame. I was going to blame his injury, but you're right. It was Kyle Barber's fault. Kyle Barber said he's the greatest tight end of, uh, in the NFL and he has not really played and been. Do you, do you remember? I'm going to look. Do you remember when Kyle came on? Do you remember what? What game that was? I, I could tell you when you could find it. Just go to the pro football reference of Andrew's game log, and it's when he has a, a game off. I believe he said that the and it was it was the Travis Kelsey four touchdown game uh, this year. Um, that was the night. Oh, so it, it was the week that it was the Monday that the Chiefs played the Raiders on the night right. football, right? Yeah, whatever. Okay, whatever week so that was. keep talking and I'm going to look this up. Yeah. So anyway, so I just think Mark Andrews, especially now with when you have Lamar Jackson, who is what he's missing a couple weeks, right? That's the, that's the diagnosis, at least uh, not, not season ending, but he's feared to, uh, you know, having the missed time. You're going to have to really lean into, I think some of your pass catchers, which ends up being Mark Andrews, who who needs to be healthy. I mean, you can't just need to be healthy and all of a sudden be healthy, but at some of these, these other receivers like a Demarcus Robinson, who has had a breakout of sorts and, I don't know. You worry about the Ravens and their chances now that Lamar is out. And on the other side, man, this is the worst trade in NFL history, seemingly. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. And it's the worst contract it's, decision. It's still not the Herschel Walker trade, but it is. It is. That's really true. Up there. That's true. I mean, like, You're it, right. It is. I mean, that 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 literally gave birth to a dynasty. Right. Um, but it is. It is very, very, very like in terms of immediate grades like and we, it is and we can go to that awesome. game next hopefully but especially with the way Gino is playing like I just remember in the offseason and 
being like, oh, this is crazy old man Pete making a decision to trade Russ Wilson away and lean into Geno Smith, who's been this backup for all these years, and just assume that he could run the offense and run it better than Russ. And everybody would felt like that. I, there was there was nobody who who felt like that Seahawks were making the right call and decision, and it felt ridiculous. And it's just they got everybody. They got everybody, and especially Denver. And Denver, I don't even know where you go from here because you got to keep Russ for at least another year, right? Or maybe even another two. So I, I just don't know what you do. So, so first of all, before the Broncos point, um, yes. the Mark Andrews thing. So. Just just to tie a bow, because Kyle, I know you're listening um, and get back at me with, or with me on chess. Um, so that <laughs> coming off, that was the morning after the yeah. Ravens beat the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. And Mark Andrews had eight catches for appropriately 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the next week, the Ravens lost the New York Giants, and he did have a touchdown in that game and actually went over 100 yards in that game as well. So he had one final awesome performance. Right. But since then, he has not had more than 63 yards. Um, he did catch the touchdown, but that was his he's caught two touchdowns since then, since Kyle Barber came on here um, and, and took a victory lap. Meanwhile, Travis Kelsey had four that day that uh, that Kyle was uh, taking. His he, I mean, if, if Kyle comes back on here, he's going to need quite the Sicilian defense to to really, I think, rebound from, you. from that. Look at you. Anyway, uh, the Broncos, dude. Yeah, it's really bad. Like I I maintain the the birthday party stuff. I don't care about like that was so stupid. Yeah. But like they stink they stink out loud they they are so bad and they like they like hate themselves right like they, they, there's like nothing about them that they enjoy while playing football they like it is a broken operation and i i don't know that like firing nathaniel hackett like accomplishes anything you know except for it establishes a fall guy and like a like a literal fall sequence but like how does that help? Like, how does that fix? Like, the Russ is the problem. Like, I, I don't like, know. Is if it, you can fire Steve I, Wilkes after one year, it, I mean, and I know that. No, no, no. Like, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying you can't fire Nathaniel Hackett. I'm, but like, that doesn't fix everything. Like, I think I think the solution is like Russ. Like, okay, fine, don't cut him because of the cap hit. But like, he cannot be your starting quarterback. You like, like it sounds stupid. You have to bring in competition for him. You have to. You cannot move forward with this. I think that. He has to be. The, I also he sorry. Has, last, he, last he's got to be the starter for at least one more year. He has to very, with the very money. quickly, very quickly. Um, and you know this better than I do. A lot was made about how the Broncos were just a quarterback away. How that roster was ready. That was clearly a huge like overreaction. Like well, that was such an like, just, the roster was significantly overrated. I don't know how true that is because just look at the opposing points uh, of of teams like. I don't have it in the exact thing in front of me, but I had seen a, a stat. I think it was two weeks ago where if the Broncos had at least scored 18 points, they'd be well over 500. Like, I think I think the roster might have been there, I think, especially on defense. And I think they picked the wrong guy. And that is on, you know, they, they replaced John Elway as the decision maker after he struck out multiple times trying to find a quarterback. They, Every time. They put it on George Patton. For, and yeah. they said, look, we've watched the tape. This is the guy to get us over the hump. And I, I believe if they had scored 21 points in each game, I know you can't just assume that in the NFL, but I, I think they'd be in a way different position. I, again, I don't have the opposing numbers in front of me, but I had seen that and I'm like, I think they had the roster. I think they picked the wrong guy. Um, you you wanted to go here. Let's go to um to L.A. where the Rams are, are like waving the white flag. They have basically said that Matthew Stafford is out for the rest of the season. They it's haven't over. quite said that with Cooper Cup, um, or Aaron Donald, but it, it seems like things are trending in that can, direction. Can I, ask, can, I, can I ask something about L.A. quick? Do, does Aaron Donald um, just say, "Yeah, 
I'm done now. <laughs> I, need to- I, I don't I don't want to levy that accusation, but I, I talked about that on the look ahead last you week. Um, of course you did. I listened to, to it for sure. Yeah. Well, stat, great point stats locked up the Seahawks. Uh, I think they were seven and a half mm-hmm. point favorites. So that that failed. Uh, well, oh, I cannot wait to get to my lock that hit. But mm. um, I mean, yeah, like it that it kind of seemed like the, the Aaron Donald like was and I, I'm not trying to like label him some sort of quitter or something, but like. Oh, he, like it's just like oh, he's got an ankle. You know what I mean? He's got got an ankle, and he it's just impossible. We just it's day to day. We really don't know. Like it's it's you know it really seems like they are all the way in on like punting the rest of the season. How could you not? John Wolford um, is their quarterback at this point. Um, I know that that they've had success um, with him, you know, in some capacities. But uh, the Seahawks flew a little close to the sun here, Pete, <laughs> but uh, but still came away uh, with the win. Uh, Geno Smith kind of dealing 28 of 39 367 yards three touchdowns did have an interception uh but uh but overall kind of what the seahawks needed to get right after some rough losses and i I think this is important to remember as we get closer to the end of the year and into the playoffs here man it could it could end quick i mean you know you could fall off really fast and and we're seeing that on on the la side and you know back to that seattle point this is a team that that is is intriguing in the the NFC playoffs, and and what I still feel to be, and no offense to the Eagles, who right if if they get the NFC by, they should have a really nice time of getting at least to the NFC title game, and and who knows what they can do after that. But the the Seahawks to me are one of the most like rock solid teams in in the NFC, and they give me a little pause in in Kansas City when that's the Christmas Eve draw for the Chiefs and. What again is more amazing about it, and I'm always looking at things from this Chiefs perspective, is we were we thought that that was going to be a throwaway game. You know, I, I kind of scoffed at it. I got family coming into town. We're sending them the game. I'm like, sorry, you guys get the Seahawks. This was months ago, and now that's the most interesting game that the Chiefs have left. I mean, who would have thought that that would be the case with five weeks of the NFL season to go? And it's because of what Pete Carroll and the Seahawks have been able to do following the departure of Russ Wilson. And it's been nothing short of incredible. You talk about Coach of the Year candidates, maybe. Old Pete is not getting enough credit when it comes to that. I agree with everything you're saying. Um, but this is a team that lost to the Raiders. I mean, you know, like they they're not perfect, and you could you could do that with a lot of people. Oh, the Chiefs lost to the Colts, right? Like everybody has like a weird loss, but that was kind of recent. The Seahawks obviously was last week. Um I'm 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 very interested. I'm I'm I don't know. I hate to do this because it's such a crappy situation for the Niners, but man, I mean, it is not out of the realm of possibility that the Seahawks win the NFC West. No. Like, not just as, not they're, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's more than that there could be a play. Like, it, that was already true before the Jimmy Garoppolo. Especially injury. with the way that Geno Smith Jim- is playing. And now that you're against Brock Purdy. And we know, we so, just talked about there's ways to overcome that. But this is a more quick, solid quickly, pick. Quickly, because we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of, <laughs> still have a lot to get to. But uh, the Niners are eight and four. Um, just win or loss, Bucks next week. Well, I, to me, that's a loss. Okay, so that's eight and five. They're at Seattle. On Sunday night football, or excuse me, I'm sorry, Thursday night football. The following I trust week. Seattle more. I think that's another loss. Okay, so that drops them to eight and six. Washington, I think they beat. They Washington. should beat Washington. Okay, so that would be nine and six at Vegas. They should win that game. Okay, that would be ten and six, and then Arizona. They that's should win that game. game. Yeah. So they're eleven and six. The Niners are. We've got the Seahawks are a game behind. They're seven and five right now. Um, they have the Panthers. The Baker Mayfield is Panthers. Eight and five. We, we gave them the win over the Niners. Um, so that would be nine and five at Kansas City. Give them a loss, nine and six. The Jets and the Rams. They should win. I mean, they should win the Rams could, game, and the, the Jets is a toss. So they could wind up eleven and six too. Yeah. Like it, it could come down to division record and who. Yeah, they are a playoff team. I I definitely agreed. Uh, and they could 
wind up winning this thing. It's going to be a very interesting situation, the NFC West. Um, that, but let's move on. That let's, next, that next Seahawks 49ers game um, is going to be big. Thursday night football has a real stinker this week. I don't know if you know what it is. It is um, the Raiders in LA to play the Rams. So talk about <laughs> yikes. Uh, but after that, we have a nice little slate to end it. We have San Francisco at Seattle, which we just mentioned. We have the Jaguars on the road taking on the Jets. Low-key interesting, kind of a fun December, yeah. you know, having on in the background while wrapping Christmas presents sort of game. And then the Cowboys at Tennessee to wrap up Amazon's uh, Thursday night. This Thursday is one of those nights where, you you know, you, you turn to your SO and you say, babe, I've watched a lot of Thursday night football this year. Let's go out for sushi. <laughs> Tonight, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Um, are you a, um, you know, what, what's your sushi thing? Are you a roll person? Or are you, I like, um, yeah, you so I, I like me and my my partner to get like two two or three separate rolls, and and ah, we kind of split them all. Yeah, dilly dally. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a this is an issue in my household. My wife, she just she can't. So it's her. It's, it's you know whatever. She's given up on chopsticks. She just uses the fork. Okay. And I'm just like, hey, we're here for the authenticity. You got to go. You, you got to go, go chops. You got to go you sticks. Know? I mean, I. I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mrs. O, but uh, she's wrong on this, this one. Thank you. Um, I'll, I'll pass that message along. Thank um, you. The Atlanta Falcons failed the Pittsburgh Steelers despite wearing their awesome throwbacks that should be their full time uniforms. Nineteen to sixteen, the final score. Like this, there's not a lot really to take away from this. I mean, it cool. Like this game happened. That's kind of how I feel about it um, at this <laughs> point. Um, yeah, but I, um, I think the most inter- intriguing storyline for the Steelers. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I, I, as a as a raw, uncorked, if the Chiefs didn't have Andy Reid, who would I want in the NFL? It's Tomlin, and it's not close. And I want them to get to that 9-8 and eight point so badly because I just think that would be so impressive. And even if they don't make the postseason, what a what a thing to build off of. Like, yeah, we, we could have any kind of 53 men in here you know, that we want, but Mike Tomlin's going to get it done for us. And I just think this was another step in that direction which i appreciate. so they can only afford one more loss to maintain mike tomlin's never below 500 thing um so tell me if you so baltimore on sunday i feel pretty good about the steelers in a toss-up type of game um i think they can get okay, that so one not sure though co- coin flip because it is you know steelers ravens whatever um then they're in carolina easy dub yep. um then they've, they've got the raiders um on a saturday that's the week of christmas yeah um i believe uh, all these games possible all these games are at Baltimore, yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. Like it's possible. it's possible. I mean, it's nine it's, and eight is possible. It's definitely possible. Yes. Uh, the, the Falcons, they stink. They stink. They're on by. I mean, what else is there to say? Arthur Smith. Very um, quickly. What do you think? I don't know, man. I mean, like, what what is he really like? I don't I don't feel fair grading him. Like Matt Ryan was off. Matt Ryan was off. That's why you stuck with Mariota. You got to you're saying you need to allow him to pick his quarterback, right? I mean, I don't know what his level of involvement was in the Deshaun situation, but like hmm. they, they they have a lot that I'm, I would like to see Like Drake London is awesome. Kyle Pitts should be awesome, right? Like <laughs> they have players who are good. Kyle Pitts injury it doesn't make sense is, why they're not. It's rough. I wish, you know, um, yeah, of course wish that. that pl- never plus I think if, if you're in the NFC South, obviously the Panthers have already fired their head coach and the saints are kind of like floating. Yeah. Um, but like that division is there, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like so all you have to do is be competent mm-hmm. in 2023 and you can win that. Thing. Yeah. So, um, they're, they're kind of ahead in that race. Um, so I'm willing to give them another chance, but okay. I mentioned, I was super excited about my lock of the week. We have two games left, by the way. Uh, I'm just making sure. Yeah, uh, no, let's, before we get there, uh, the green Bay Packers beat the Chicago bears, uh, 28 to 19. 
um, the final score here. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears um, in just the most poetic thing of all time. Aaron Rodgers and the, uh, excuse me, the Packers became the all-time winningest team as far as wins held by a single NFL franchise. I don't know if you know this, Pete. Um, on Sunday afternoon. So they passed the Bears. They did it in Chicago. And it was the Packers of all teams who did it. Just a, a gut, you know, kind of wrenching thing for, for Bears fans. Uh, Green Bay has been able to surpass them for a while already this season, but obviously been, been a tough go. Um, Packers got the win. Justin Fields had an amazing touchdown because that's kind of what he does at this point. Uh, but it just it really wasn't a fair fight. There's hope, I think, for these two teams heading into next year when you're dealing with an, an older Aaron Rodgers you, how many years do you have left to have like this transition rebuild year? But Christian Watson, it's, it's looking like a good receiver for him. And if you can continue to build that offense, like, you know, I love the running back room there. I think there's the next year is interesting. It's just, you had a transition year when Aaron Rodgers is what, how old is he? He's like 38, right? So 39. 39. So that that's tough to tough to swallow. And then on the other side, I, I I love me some Jalen Hurts, but Justin Fields has an argument to be the most exciting player in the NFL. And wow, uh, I didn't think we were sure about him even being a starter entering the year. So there's 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 positivity to be had on both sides. A little more optimistic, I think, for Chicago because you didn't expect much of this year. Green Bay you expected to be a Super Bowl champion, so it's a little bit more disappointing in Green Bay. Um, what I will say is the Bears are. We have to make sure we categorize these the right way. They're two years away. So like next year, I don't want to hear the like, oh, the Bears yeah. are like right there. No, the Bears next year will be what the Lions are this year. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like the Bears will be a year away next year. Where they year. might it's sneak just, in as like a seventh wild card, yeah. you know, the seventh seed. This will take time. Yes. yes, This will take time. But I believe in Justin Fields. I believe in Matt Eberflus. I believe in, in, in what they've got going on. So I'm willing to give them time. Ryan to Poles. Work as well, say the name. Remember the name. Ryan Poles. I'm telling you. I uh, remember the name. Fantastic song. This is 20% skill. 20, uh, JJ Watt. Anyway. Big fan of that song. Uh, uh, JJ Watt. Anyway, twenty-seven to twenty. What's the final game the that we got to get to? Do we have? Are we sure we, we have two more games? Do we have any? Do we have two more? We don't have to go to the. We don't have to talk about the Dallas game, do we? The Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> okay. This was my lock. They were they were one point underdogs. It didn't make sense. They were they won this game twenty-seven to twenty. Devontae Adams. You talked about it. Twelve targets, eight catches, one hundred seventy-seven yards, and a touchdown. One of them off of a flea flicker. Um, this was not the big Josh Jacobs performance. Although I say that he did have one hundred forty-four yards on the ground and a touchdown. Um, I, I I think the Raiders deserve a lot of props, but dude, the Chargers stink. Like, what is this, man? Like, why does why do people like them? Why do people believe in this team? They're so bad. I don't know. And they're not going to, I don't think they're going to make the postseason. And that's it. That's going to be it for, for Brandon Staley. And I think you're feeling for Justin Herbert who's now starting to go through these, this multiple regime thing that some quarterbacks just end up getting a, a bad and raw deal from. And I, I think he has such elite potential. And I just think, it, I just think it's disappointing for a quarterback like that. The Raiders, are turning it on here. Shout out to our, our guy, Bill. I, I, I think it was a good team playing poorly. You mentioned the Adams thing. You're finally... There, there was a lot of data that suggested they were kind of unlucky. The way yes. the Giants were lucky early yeah. on in the season, the Raiders were on the other end the of that. Derek Carr-Adams thing is 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 finally looking like the consistent thing that they thought it would be when they, they made such a move. The Jacobs... Jacobs having all his production. I, I know that that you said it was more about the Devonte Adams, but five point five yards per carry in this game. He has the touchdown. He's about to be an unrestricted free agent, and we know about running backs. I don't know what exactly happens with Josh Jacobs, but I bet you he's going to be attractive to somebody. And what a resurgent part of, of his career as well. But I think the biggest story, as you're saying, just because I I do think these are two teams that aren't going to make the postseason, is just 
where do the Chargers go from here? Because this has been such a disappointing three year stretch, not really just 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 this year. So nothing nothing about them is inspiring. Like I know Justin Herbert is very good, but like this team is is so like they will always fold. Always like what? What is their? What, when do they have a signature win? Like they, they beat the Cardinals last week, cool off of a last second touchdown where they went for two, rightly so. This is you know what I mean. It it, it took this like we, massive moment to get a win. Can we we're we're good to say this now, right? Like this is Sean Payton's job. This is where he's going. It it certainly feels that way. Like it's it's a marquee thing. It's got a young franchise quarterback. It's in L.A. You know what I mean? Like it works out for the Can NFL you see, too. You know uh, the NFL slash mothership talking heads. Look at what Sean Payton was able to do with Drew Brees when he was given up on. What can he do with Justin Herbert? It's first take mm-hmm. is all over it. Uh, the Sean Bowl will be when the Chargers and the Rams square off in L.A. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's 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 definitely I'm happening. Excited. I think they both they both they both spell it that way too. Like no S H A W N happening do, here. This is S E A N. Do we have do we happen to have and and you, there's no way you know the answer to this. I'm just throwing it out there. But do the Chargers and and Saints somehow link up in 23? Because that would be obviously a, a primetime game if that were to happen. Um, I don't know how the NFC South this year has played. Well, when was the last time the Chiefs played the Saints? I just you know I flush everything after the, the previous. Oh, uh, the Chiefs played the Bucks last year, right? Yeah, that was the crazy Tyreek Hill game. They played the Bucks then, this year. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but they play it. They are playing the Bucks as their 17th game this year. I got the 2023 20, so. opponents in front of me. Thank you. And the New Orleans Saints are not currently on the list. I'm I'm thinking it's 2025 is okay. the next so we'll, Chargers we'll have have a, Saints game. We'd have to a little time there, but I that would be certainly something that I'd I'd want to watch. Um wow. Um sad times. The Raiders are five and seven quickly. Uh we like to do this. Um they're beating the Rams on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So they're six and seven. They have the Patriots next week on Sunday Night Football. I kind of wonder if that gets flexed out this week. Well, you got Bill Belichick versus Josh McDaniel there. I know, but I mean, tough scene. I mean, <laughs> it's would, uh, you know. me if I'm wrong. Wouldn't that have had to have been that's, flexed out last week? No, because that's next week. This would be the week they would I have see. to do okay. it. Yeah, you're, you know right, you're right. But like, not they, out this week. they do have Buffalo, Miami. Although Miami's would be coming off of Sunday Night Football. Um, yeah, Minnesota. No, Minnesota has the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we get uh, maybe Philly in Chicago. Maybe get Justin Fields on primetime. No. Um, no. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. But either way, so they're beating the, the Rams. <laughs> are they beating the Patriots? Are the, are the Raiders beating the Patriots? I, I, I think they have it in them. I'm down to put that so as that, a toss up game. That would be they'd be, they, would, they would get to 700 that day. Then at Pittsburgh, we talked about that game. You mean 500, um, right? I'm sorry, 500. Maybe they'd be seven and like, they'd be seven. Some wild they'd be, they'd be seven. Who are you, John Nash? Seven. Is that you have a beautiful mind? You could come up with a percentage. It, it would be seven and seven. That was where my head was. Uh, so it'd be 500. And then at Pittsburgh, at the very least, though, they host their final two games are the Niners and the Chiefs. They are going to spoil something. Yeah. Seeding a division. You know what I mean? They are going to spoil something. It does kind of feel like they're that good. The Chiefs had um, that game final- last year when they were playing the Bengals, and you were like, oh, all they have to do is win out to get the seat, the top seed. And then you blink. They lost to the Bengals. They were a second seed. We know how the history's played out after that. So the Dallas Cowboys 
had an insane fourth quarter. I was telling Rachel before we started, um, it was so stressful, like in, in terms of what we do, like, you know, something big happens, a big moment. You're like, okay, I got to do X, Y, and Z. And so I was doing X, Y, and Z. And then like another big thing happened. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let me do X, Y, and Z. And then another big thing happened. And then another, then another. I mean, they scored 33 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And it wasn't just touchdowns. It was turnovers. It was all sorts of stuff. Um, 54 to 19, the final score for the Cowboys. They are now the leaders in point differential across the NFL. Bizarre, um, if I'm being bizarre on- game. Bizarre game. It was, if it I'm was being a game with you, that either team could have won at the at the end of the it was, at late in the third quarter. You're like, are the Colts are they, are they gonna pull this off? This is wild. This th- this game had RGO Cho's reckoning all over it. All right. This <laughs> this was very similar to the Cowboys Broncos game uh that I talked a lot of trash of ahead of last year, and then the Broncos destroyed the Cowboys. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. That was the game the Cowboys wore the red stripe on their helmet sure. the way they did. Uh, this particular game right. against the Colts, so it, it was all right there. Both horse. I'm sure the know, third sort of quarter had you drinking red stripe, red stripe. Uh, you know, at a certain. I point. was uh, I was a little nervous, um, yeah. obviously, but right. uh, huge explosion in the fourth quarter. A kind of a struggle game for Dak Prescott, um, but but kind of turned it around. This this was the most in control that I've ever seen CD Lamb. He has had other great games and, and more productive games, obviously, but in this game he moved. Like not like Devontae Adams, but the way like a wide receiver one moves. He commanded the the field. His presence was wide receiver one-ish. Um, that was really exciting. Obviously, the defense was amazing. Um, just a, a, a an incredible start to December for the Cowboys. Yeah. I I mean they they're in a in, in the NFC and it's again a conference that I could see going in a in a number of different directions in the in the playoffs. And it's one of these scenarios, and RJ, you're you're probably feeling this right now where you sort of get annoyed at the NFL rules because the, this is a team that may have the second best record in the conference. And you're looking at traveling on the road in the postseason, And it's like, how fair is that? But that's just the way that, that the cookie crumbles in the NFL. Um, yeah. I don't see why the Cowboys couldn't do some damage in the NFC playoffs. And I, there's certainly a team that you, you don't want to see Tony Pollard is the man. He just is the man. Yeah. You have Chris Collins. We're talking about Cowboys fans love when he gets on the outside and they love to see him take off. And it's like, yeah, no, no, no S Chris. Like we, we know, but like he is legit. And this one, two punch in the backfield, you have CD finally emerging as you're saying, you know, Dak Prescott's playing a clean game and then it's a defense, right? It's an all world championship caliber defense that if you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan, who is not taking care of the football at the stage of his career, uh. you're going to lose the game. And, and they did. And that was it. Tony Pollard has five touchdowns of 30 plus yards this season. That is the most that any Cowboys running back has ever had in a single season. Mm-hmm. He is truly, truly, truly explosive. And, you know, Michael Gallup came along. Cowboys tight ends kind of everyone's kind of percolating there. And this team might add Odell Beckham Jr. They are set to visit with him today on Monday. That is expected to last through Tuesday. Uh, there's talk so, of them taking him to a, a Mavericks game. The, and sorry, just quickly, they're also slated to get Tyron Smith back. At least he will start practicing. This the choice is just for, huge. I mean, it, the choices for Odell, right, are. The Giants, the Cowboys, and there, there's another team, right, in the mix? The the Bills. The Buffalo Bills. Bills. He, he has already visited the Giants and the Bills. The Niners, so, Chiefs, and Ravens have been thrown out throughout the process, but those are the only visits he's taken. I feel like it's a, I feel like he, he went to the Rams last year just knowing that he could go on a playoff run. The Giants don't feel safe. The Bills and the Cowboys feel safe. It's like you're going to really have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And so I think it'll be between those two. And I, just knowing Odell and who he is and going to a Mavericks game, and all, I just think it's going to be too attractive for him to say, 
nah, nah, I'm going to go to Central New York. I mean, you can play for the premier team of, in, in the NFL. I just, it's good. It's I'm hard pressed to believe he doesn't end up in Dallas. I think this whole thing has been everybody enjoying the attention that's come along from it. Yeah. I mentioned um, it was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. It was reported that the Cowboys and Giants were his final two teams. That day, the Cowboys were on CBS's number one broadcast with Nance Romo and Tracy Wolfson. Uh, so they got to talk about it. A few days later, they were on Fox's number one broadcast with Kevin Burkhardt, Greg Olson, and Aaron, and Aaron Andrews. They got to talk about it. Last night, they were on NBC, obviously, with Tariq Collinsworth and Melissa Stark. The, every major broadcast partner of the NFL has had a piece of this pie. I don't know that that was necessarily by design, but that's my little bit of a, a conspiracy theory. Um, I do want to say um, they're allegedly going to the Mavericks game. We'll see how that works out. Dak Prescott, like ultimate Dallas Cowboys franchise quarterback, quote, um, said, yeah, I mean, if he wants to go, I'll buy a suite. Like the casualness that, that he said that with was, was like, you know, oh, cool, Dak. Like, you know, we're, we're living in different worlds right now. Like just to casually be like, oh, he, he wants to go. Yeah, I can get us a suite. Like, you know, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. I it's hard. I don't know. I what I don't know if even we even have odds on this on DraftKings, but I just I feel like it's written on the in the wall now. I I think he's gonna written in the stars. Written in the stars, yeah. He's good. All right, Rachel, please join us um and tell us your takeaways from Sunday, your favorite things that we said, what you liked, what you didn't like, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, who the MFW MVP is. Takeaways from Sunday's action. You guys already touched on Christian Watson, who just continues to be a consistent threat. He has eight touchdowns in his last four games. So just somebody to keep, you know, your eyes on, especially as a rookie, like that's really, really impressive, exciting to watch. And also neither one of you guys touched on Chandler Jones, who had three of the team's five sacks. So, and he has six tackles on top of that. So I thought that that was really, really cool. So those are my big takeaways in addition to the AJ Brown revenge game. What um, did you make of our Mark Andrews um, destruction? I mean, it is what it is. Like. <laughs> The Ravens are very disappointing right now. Like, okay. I was so pissed yesterday watching that game, trying to keep up with both. I went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was just like, I can't even watch this. Like, how do you – like, what? They shouldn't be winning – the, the, like the losses that they've had haven't been impressive. I mean, it hasn't been impressive, but like the wins for sure. Like how do you win by one point against the Broncos out of all teams? So I'm just like, I don't understand what's going on with this team. I don't know how to feel. So I can't even say anything, you know, against your Mark Andrews point for real. But I did really like uh, you guys were kind of on the same page in regards to like the Seahawks. But Pete, you had said something like the Seahawks got everybody in regards to like, you know, who lost in regards to like Russell Wilson and uh, Geno Smith choosing the right person. So I thought that that was a strong point. You touched on Watson as well. You touched on like the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, like chemistry finally yeah. you know slowly in the back end oh, of the yeah. season like oh, to fantastic point i know yeah thank you fantastic point. <laughs> and you also oh, yeah. uh yeah that was the biggest one so i give it today to our, uh, oh my god stupid it is just dumb. It, you didn't even say things i said that you there weren't a lot of them and uh i mean i maybe just were so distracted <laughs> by the the 50 burger and I, I you know sometimes you gotta you gotta swallow that to to get the award and i i just will of course like to thank my parents and uh and god really i mean those are those michelle are i thought that what you ate for dinner last night was awesome i gave you props on that um, you did. man i i'm mad i'll just say that i'm mad um, and my last little you know i gotta throw it out there if you don't already watch wednesday on netflix you have to watch it it's so good so do you have a tiktok with the dance have you done this yet no <laughs> okay i'm stuck on 1899 right now and it's which okay. has been really wild what a wild show so far it's been um 
what is your go-to snack when you watch a show? You sit down, Casa de Pete, you're on the couch, maybe you got a little blankie going on. What's the what's the snack? Big popcorn, man. Love me a little popcorn. You, okay. you gotta you gotta hit the microwave and and you know, sometimes too, if you if you're if you're really feeling a little froggy, you get those mini MMs, put them in, all right? Yeah. Put them in the bag, you shake it up. Chocolate. Why is is this part of the episode always like sultry for you? Like why why <laughs> like why why does this, this voice come out? A little chocolate. Uh, <laughs> I'm winding down, man. You know we're winding down the episode, and a little chocolate on the popcorn. Nothing like it. Um, mm. Rachel, I would like you as we leave to tell us your top three favorite flavors of popcorn. All right, here we go. Butter lover for sure. I'm extra butter. Uh, <laughs> caramel is mm. you can never go wrong with caramel. Caraswell. in uh, cheddar, like cheddar. Uh, it has to be like Cha-ching. not the white cheddar. Like mm. it has to be. Got to be that yellow it on That's right. We know you like the white chocolate, so it makes sense that you, you know, would be opposed to like white cheddar. You know what I mean? Like you can only have so much of that, you know, flavoring yeah, yeah. in your life. Um, so um, many M&Ms. Wow, well done. Mix them in. Uh, Pete Sweeney, Joe Burrow refused no, stop to it. lose. Stop. <laughs> stop. I don't want to hear it. Pete, send us home. Send us home with a random noise, word, song, whatever you want. The floor is yours. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. 